What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Deja Vu Podcast. This is the episode, or the, the, the show, where we talk about The Sopranos, or just old TV shows in general. We did Lost. Maybe we should re-release the Lost episodes, Travis. <laughs> should we? Are they not still, uh, are they not still I mean, available on the internet? They're available, but on the other feed, maybe we should um... post them on there. You know, uh, sure. We could skip season three and just uh, re repurpose Lost, <laughs> and just like wait a year to do another podcast. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, how about that? You know, people leave the people waiting. You know, no, for, I think for... we should. Uh, we should definitely put the put the old episodes on the new feed for sure. Yes, I agree with that. I think that would be a lot of fun for the listener. Plus, anyway. we got a Scrubs episode coming up. I'm gonna. I've got. I've got like ten in the hole that I'm. I'm gonna watch and decide okay. which seven I want to present to you. So, okay. uh, we're next week. I will have your your homework. Everybody's homework for Scrubs watching. We got Scrubs homework. That's great. Uh, today, though, we're talking about season two of The Sopranos, uh, episodes eleven and twelve. Correct. That is correct. Uh, finale, yeah. season two in the books. Season two in the books. I'm sorry, this is this is episodes 12 and 13 of season two. Did you say 11 and 12? Yeah. Yeah, no, this oh, is 12 God. and 13. It's all good, I man. should probably start listening to you. Yeah, you should, maybe. Um, <laughs> so both these episodes are famous for, I guess, uh, two big deaths, I would say. And... I think these two episodes are kind of kind of a culmination of what makes The Sopranos so great is mm-hmm. the first one, episode 12. We have the misdirection of Janice killing Richie. And then right. episode 13, we have the death of Pussy. And we have the very strange, very um, David Lynchy dream sequences. And and then I read something interesting in Alan Sepulwal's book, and we'll get to it maybe when we get to that episode. But you know what kind of made Twin Peaks so great is it not just be, that it had dream sequences; it's that the characters took those dreams seriously and interpreted those right. dreams. Like I remember, there's um there's a really bizarre sequence in Twin Peaks, which isn't saying much because like a lot of the sequences are bizarre. But it was like, so uh, Detective Hooper, I think, is our, uh, had a dream, and he decides they need to do this weird, I forgot exactly what it was, but it's this weird thing how to figure out who the killer might be by, like, throwing, it was something to do with, like, throwing bottles. It was, like, something that would have been ridiculous, but they take it very seriously because it was a dream, and so it has to be taken right. seriously. That's kind of what they do here as well. Yeah, for um, sure. Could, I mean, yeah. it, it's not every single show that, you know, that will use a dream in that way. Even if they use a dream sequence, they may not, their their lead character doesn't, 
he doesn't immediately take it as gospel and run with it. But like you said, we'll uh, we'll get a little bit further into the dreams once we get to uh, episode thirteen. Yes. So episode episode twelve, I think it does a really great job at misdirecting you, and it did a really good job of editing and kind of. Uh, there was one point where. Richie is talking, I forgot who the guy was, but he was talking to a guy and he's talking about Whack and Tony. And he, he doesn't Alley want to boy. do it. Alley boy. And, uh, and right at the end of the scene, you hear something that sounds like a machine gun, but it was mm-hmm. a, a paint thing, a, a shaking a paint, a paint shaker. And both stuff of these, like that. Both of these episodes use those types of uh, like audio earworms yeah to like perfection both episodes they're using like all of your senses not just what you're watching but like what you're hearing during the scene at the beginning of the scene and it's not just voices it's not just talking it's like legitimate sounds yes so kind of the gist of this episode is richie's pissed and we do meet we do meet and who was the boss the that died that tony really liked which is richie's brother oh um, jackie jackie we meet jackie's son and yeah. we meet richie's son and richie does <laughs> yes, not do. like his son at all He's, not a big fan of his dancing uh progeny yes mm. now we've we, and we've we've talked about it early on is richie is old school to a fault he is very behind the times uh you should say uh which he does but he's also uh you know he doesn't mince his words like if he says something he means it right he was you know he's he he told christopher way back in the when they first met him that once you put a ring on it then you can hit your lady as much as right which you know we see him do uh in this episode uh right so he He's pissed with Tony because Tony's not giving him his due. He's not letting him sell Coke on the garbage routes. Right. And, and Tony doesn't this want is, his kids around him. Which I found that real weird that uh, Richie would be upset about that. Like, you've been fighting with him since you got out of prison. You're planning on hitting Tony Soprano why are you at all surprised he doesn't want his kids around you? It's just another another layer. It, he, I he's guess. Marrying it's just so his unnecessary. Sister. Yeah, but he's marrying his sister. He wants him to respect him. And that's no, just he wants another... to kill him. Well, he, he wants both. You know, it's like, hey, if I can't get his respect, I'm going to kill him kind of thing. It's just okay. another another hit. It's another hit, man. You know, it's just another another thing. It's like, well, what else? What else? Can I, this yeah, guy I, do? I think it, I think it's just a character flaw. Like there are people like that that uh, like are really mad about something, and then just like something is just being piled on. It's not. Mm-hmm. It, it's in fact, it really is. It makes sense. Like, yeah, why would Tony want his kids around you? You're constantly uh, pissing him off, <laughs> right? But he doesn't feel like he should be pissing him off. That's the thing. Yeah, but he is. <laughs> like, yeah. why would you even be surprised? That that's my question. That's that that's my my whole deal is, like, he clearly doesn't like you. He's told you several times he doesn't like you, and mm-hmm. he's very very perturbed by the things that you do. 
So therefore, it shouldn't come as a surprise that he doesn't really want his children around you. Right. Uh, You're not a parent, Trey, so you don't know. I guess not. Yeah, I guess, you know, you you won't let your kids around me. So I don't don't know what that's about. But I guess it makes sense. Um, I guess there's three different storylines here. We could talk Carmella. Well, I guess there's four. I mean, Tony, you know, tries to break it off with his Russian gumar. Gumar. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce that. I think it's Gumar. I think it's Gumar. They said it in one of these two episodes. I don't remember which one. Uh, But, like, somebody said it as if they weren't, like, using their accent. And they said Gumar. Yeah. So it might be Gumar. And she doesn't take that well. You know, she... uh, She's threatening to kill herself. You do get the one-legged Russian chick who I think Tony bangs later in another awesome. season. Yeah. Uh, so you get her. <laughs> I don't get why she's so attached to him either. You know? Because it I sounds like... Yeah. It's just a power thing, probably. You know, Some power she's... money, you know? But she doesn't accept the money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, think, just... I think Silvio in the end does, uh, does talk her into keeping the money. Right, he does. And this was this was all kind of a you know, sort of a misdirection play, just to get you focused on this uh, and really hammer home uh, Carmela's storyline in this, right. this episode. Because Carmela is like you're saying, she's been off this season and she mm-hmm. is not taking this well. She smelled the shirt. She's sad because Janice is getting married and she's crying and. You know, the uh, Mr. Painter dude won't, Vic. you know, talk to her. Vic won't talk to her. Uh, I he like her. Banger. Yeah. And she then realizes that the reason that he left is because her husband's Tony Soprano, you know? Right. And and I, for, I kind of forgot how it ended, but I thought it was kind of funny that she's taking a vacation with her girlfriend. That's right. It's like, yeah, very, uh, I don't, and and like, she's been doing stuff like this. She's been taking leaps and, uh, she's been very erratic all season long. Yeah. And it, even just like, if you just think about this episode where she comes out very strong, uh, when she calls Tony out about, uh, what's the girl's name? Irina, I think is her name. Yeah. Irene. Yeah. Um, Irene, yeah, and then you even have in she's uh, in the next episode she's very up and down too. Um, she is the the like the layers of this character. We're just now scratching the surface, and it, she's. I think Polly Walnuts is my favorite character, but Carmela is besides Tony the most interesting person on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in my opinion, I I don't know what it you know it's. I don't even know it's what it is. It's not one thing. She, I don't think it is. No, it's a lot of things. It's she kind of wants out, but she also wants in. She's very like we could just talk about this now. I mean, you know, and I remember this actual scene very well. I remember the scene specifically where Tony brings the the fur coat home, mm-hmm. and he surprises her with it, and now she's back in Tony's good graces. Like she is right. very easily bought by things, you know. Right, and I think that's the uh, that's the deal that she made with herself X amount of years ago when they got married. He's not a quote good guy. He's you know these type of dudes are not faithful, but the security of being with this person and uh, 
you know, the gifts don't hurt either. So and no. it'll, it'll make you forget a lot of bad things. He doesn't Lifestyle, hit her. yeah. Like, he had a real opportunity to hit her in the last episode. Didn't take uh-huh. it. Um, like, he, you know, he's not. Uh, he's never, he never does hit her either. Like, he. No, he doesn't hit her. And he doesn't. Because I know, like, I know it gets really, really, really rocky uh, a few seasons yeah, from they now. Up going and he punches together. a wall. Yeah, he punches yeah. a wall instead of hitting her. He never right. hits her. No, and he do- He really doesn't even, like, verbally berate her that often. Mm-hmm. Like, he, you know, he talks to her basically the same way he talks to everybody else and probably, like, 40% less than that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, as far as... Uh, I, th- I think it's very easy for her to... Especially since, you know, you see in the, at the end of this episode when she asks what he, you know, what, where, what was going on, what was he doing? And he's like, look, don't make me perjure. Don't make me drag you into this too. Um, it's very easy when you're in this situation, I can imagine, being Carmela, to just put all of that stuff aside. To just put mm-hmm. the, the really, really bad stuff aside and focus wholly on uh, he has a, a Russian Gumar. Right. Cause she's like, she t- totally accepts the coach. She knows where the coat came from. She's very accepting of what he did. She knows what he did to, uh, to Richie's body, what they did in that situation. And you know, she's got a brand new coat and she's going to Italy. So right. all good. Uh, we can talk about pussy for a little bit. Let's talk about pussy. Yeah. Yes. So he he's has kind of a literally f- gone off the rails. He has, uh, he suddenly gets really into this whole uh, FBI thing, wanting to be an informant now. And he's like, hey, man, I, I got all this stuff, and I'm going to... Oh, we got Pokemon cards. Uh, reference to Pokemon yeah, cards. The Pokemon cards. Pokemon cards. Uh, so he's going to go chase down... He get, uh, First of all, he gives uh, his informant a, a gift. And they can't accept gifts, but, you know. Um, Just a little taste. Mm-hmm. And they just, he uh, says they just like he a wants little, to a slice a slice a little, deli meat or something. Slice. He's saying that like he wants to you know become someone who can help the cops out, and he wants to you know be a guy who goes under. Just he's getting really into it for some reason, mm-hmm. just like some random reason. And it I have just be... I have a bit of a of a theory. Yeah, I think I think pussy. Because I mean, the la- I think the last real look at Pussy we got was when he was crying about doing all these things to his friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think Pussy is super depressed. He's put off that uh, Tony didn't accept him back with uh, wide open arms. Right. So he's depressed and he's angry, and I kind of think he just wants the whole situation to end. At this point, yeah, because because there's literally like there's nothing good that could come out of him trailing his his like gang members. Like that's right. just not gonna come out good. You're either gonna no. get in trouble with the police, or they're gonna find you and be like, "Hey, you know, we invited you to come. Why are you following us?" Right. So I I kind of feel like this is pussies like. Like he's reaching out for help. He's like, somebody, please put me out of my misery. I don't care who it is at this point. Mm-hmm. Just a yeah, theory. That that that's a good theory. You know, because he kind of does. Yeah, he's. I think he's just done one way or one way or another. He's he's ready just to be done. 
Yeah. And maybe that's why yeah, he's, he's so willing to give all this info now because he's just done. Right. You know, he, yeah, he's, he's that's what I think it. it is, is like either he's going to, he just wants it over. Like he can yeah. either get Tony arrested and they're probably going to end up killing him anyway, or he gets caught, uh, caught by them and dies anyway. Like he knows that this is not ending well for him at this point. Right. Does he give him the stuff about the plane tickets here? Uh, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he does. He does because he, he gives and... him that the calling cards. Yeah, Man, which which I do that. Maybe he does. I think do he that does right because because um his informant said that Tony's not dumb enough to use these himself. But right. what he doesn't know is Tony is going to be so under duress that he just doesn't. Right. You know. Anyway, just gives him away. Gives uh-huh. him away. Yes. Uh, I think I think the biggest thing that I I I took out of this episode is you just you just really shouldn't fuck with the Sopranos. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> because... we, we talk about we should talk about the twist. You know, we should talk about the big twist at the end because we're talking about the beginning. It seemed like it was leading to a big gang war. Or right. between uh, Tony and Richie, and actually, sure. uh, in the book, Alan Sepawal had a few other. He says that this episode could have climaxed in other ways: Tony killing Richie, Richie accidentally killing Janice during sex because the whole gun thing, Pussy uh-huh. suddenly a G-man killing Richie preemptively to get back into Tony's graces, or a wedding followed by Tony realizing he can't kill Richie because he's family. Right. Uh- so they went with the Janice kills Richie angle, right? Which was none of the obvious angle. No, no. <laughs> um, and I yeah, this was I, insane. So first of all, I found the whole interact. I I found all of Richie and Junior's interactions to be very interesting because, like I said last week, I think I think Junior is he's an opportunist. But at the end of the day, he does love his nephew and yeah, wants, and he and, even and knows that he's safer with him. And yeah, and that's even what he was saying it out loud to Bobby, who I love Bobby Bacala. I think I always he's really great. liked this character. He's great, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was saying it out loud, like, okay, who do I benefit from being with? Right. And he was like, okay, yeah. Tell and me I like I liked them. I liked them showing Junior's thought process, not just yeah. you know cutting away and then he's the next scene. He's talking to Tony. I right. liked him like them having him talk it out with himself yeah, and, and come to the conclusion that he's better off with Tony. Right. Right. Uh, and, and the whole, the whole reasoning behind it was it sends, like we were talking about a second ago, he sends Richie to go, you know, gather support from alley boy, uh, one of the other uh, leaders and alley boy was not interested. He's just like, things right. are okay. And like, you know, our big guy is, you know, he's in prison. He's like dealing with this whole jail thing, but he, he just doesn't have time to do all this and it's working out fine for us. So no thanks. Uh, and um, junior junior at the, I, I found it also funny that he he's, he can't sell it. He can't sell yeah, the plan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that it was, it was a test. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a test. Uh, I did like the interaction when they met as well. Like, Tony's uh-huh. oh, okay. Hey, hey, you know what? That that's a really nice thing you did. Pretty much, they yeah. seem to be on good terms now, which is good for the most part. Yeah. 
Uh, every interaction with them starts off very contentious, and then by the end, they're you know back to nephew and uncle. Right. Uh, all right. So Janice killing Richie because he hits her, yeah. and then he she yeah. just takes a few caps out. I guess because I was reading the Sepinwall thing, you said like it was all kind of leading to this if you look at the hints and clues, but I guess I just don't see that. Uh, I mean, I get you know, the biggest. I mean, other than his just, uh, just demeanor, Richie's demeanor seems yeah. like somebody that would hit his wife or girlfriend. Number one, yeah, um, yeah, like he's because like she's such a you know like she's always said she was a feminist and she seems like such yes. a free spirit kind of woman and right. they just don't seem like they would be together, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so like the building point to this, I think really the launching point is like what we're is you know, we're doing a lot of circles here, but one of the things we were talking about earlier is him talking to Christopher um and saying right. and you know, basically telling him put a ring on it if you want to hit it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That I mean that's obviously But the, but the most... but we understand that, but just going from she gets hit to I shoot you dead. I think that's a bit of a jump. It's a good jump. I mean, I like it, you know, mm-hmm. but I it's, think this uh, is okay. So my opinion on that would be yeah. that uh, you can take the soprano out of the mob, but you can't take okay. the mob out of the soprano. Okay. And I can uh, see that. she was not going to, she, she also, while is a feminist and all of these other things and is kind of a West coasty crunchy type of person, she very much seems like somebody that ain't taking shit off anybody, uh-huh. including Tony Soprano, and especially yeah. not not Tony Soprano. Right. Um, and as far as Richie's thing, I think I think Richie lashing out at somebody was bound to happen. Eventually. Oh yes, yes, eventually yes. Um, and it, you know, it given what he was talking to Chris about and just like I said his general demeanor throughout this entire season I'm not incredibly shocked that he took it out on Janice uh, and then you have the gun during sex thing he's prone to violence with those that he loves or so he says um, I, think I mean he there's, loved a co- her, there's a cookie but... trail yeah I, I mean well, there's definitely a trail area. I I guess just I I'm not saying there wasn't a trail with the domestic abuse. I'm saying the murder. Her killing him. Her killing him. That's more of, I need to see some of those pieces maybe that you're putting together. Yeah. Well, it might also be like, okay, here you go. So uh, Janice, we were talking about some of her characteristics. characteristics. She's also a, a pretty sizable hypocrite. Uh, mm-hmm. Just for the way that she talks about the way that Tony took care of their mom and the way that uh, they handled that whole situation and how she he needs to you know be nicer to her all this stuff, but she's not any of those things to her mom either, right? So there, I mean, like you like you said, I, I think the oh the tra- interesting the trail kind of is not as thick as maybe Alan Sepinwall said it was. Okay. Uh, also, side thing uh, I read in the book. Um, I guess the reason why we don't see uh, Livia a lot is because she was sick, the the actress. So she was, yeah, yeah like, and I, I, yeah, she only has like two episodes in the next season mm-hmm. that are CGI, well, and, then, and she dies. Well, yeah, in this scene, I thought this was the CGI Livia. Just no, because, that's like, next season. Yeah, she looked 
terrible. Yeah. And she just, and it, maybe my video wasn't working quite as well, but it didn't feel like the was moving when the words were coming out. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you could, you could, t- and then in the next episode, I could tell that it was actually her, mm-hmm. but it was very clear that she wasn't doing that all that well. No, she wasn't. Um, and yeah, the next, next season she does die. Okay. I was yes. wondering when exactly it came down. Yeah, the next season. I think they have her CGI in like one or two. I, I think she died like a few months after this aired. Like after the end really? of the season. Yeah, a few months after. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director of this episode, Alan Coulter, actually got an Emmy nom for Outstanding Director for this episode yeah, as well. That's a good directing episode. A good directed episode. Very uh-huh. good. Well like you were saying, episode, the, yeah. the whole... Uh, Honestly, this whole process on this episode is really, really good. Very few, yeah. like not every show can pull off a twisty episode like this and make it, you know, fit correctly and make it feel right. But this was fantastic. Yeah, it was also um, the last time, I guess, we have a Tony and Livia interaction where he's kind of berating her about, <laughs> you know, you why, why you being mean to Janice kind of throughout her life. Janice. And, yeah, he is. Uh, well, yeah, he's he's a he's very loyal. Like you know, and family is family. In ex- and except for you know, Livia. Her and he says to her, "Yeah, uh, you're my sister. I'm gonna help you out." Pretty much, right? And yeah. I did like though at the very end of the whole argument, he's leaving, <laughs> and he trips on the stairs, <laughs> and Livia just laughs, just cackles. Right, and like, like she that, goes from like crying, breaking down to just cackling, laughing. Like, and you remember, woman would. Well, the story he told Melfi back in season one, like early season one, about how the only happiest moment he remembers with his mother is when oh. his dad fell down the stairs. Yes, now I yes, that's that's yeah. a great callback. Great yeah. callback. I like. Oh, that's good. I I really hope we see that scene. Now I'm not a big fan of like. You know, like the movie Solo where, well, they mentioned the Kessel Run, so we better see the Kessel Run. I actually right, really yeah. do hope we see that in uh, the movie. It's just for comedy's sake? Well, just I think that it's an interesting call. It would be an interesting callback, I think, yeah. Definitely. See that. It'd be very good. Yeah. I think we probably might. Uh, so, after this episode, Janice is off to Seattle. Though she does come uh, back because she is a player. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, she comes later back. Later series. Yeah. Right. Uh, but she goes off to Carm, Seattle. Seattle. Uh, Seattle. Uh, Carm is heading to Italy soon. She's going on a right. trip. Let's see. Yep. Tony. Yeah. Uh, Tony and Pussy are about to, I guess, go get some business done. It it felt weird the beginning of the next episode because it feels like there's a lot of time that's passed in between these two moments. Not a whole lot of time. It just felt like that we kind of popped into it like a couple weeks down the road instead of he, the next he, day. Oh no, yeah, you're day. right because he's talking to his other sister at this point. Right, you're right. Yeah, he's talking to his other sister and they're trying to figure out what to do with uh, with with Livia, and so that's when he just is stressed out and he's like, okay, just take these fucking tickets and just go, just go somewhere. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they're gonna go. She's, his... I guess gonna go live with another sister that got out. <laughs> No, her sister, I think. It's like her sister. Oh, her sister. Okay. Yes, yeah. That's what I believe, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, of course, at the, you know, 
it comes back around on him and he uh, gave her two of the stolen tickets that they had bought, I guess, with Davy's store. Yes. And uh, the FBI has, I guess, staked out Livia at the airport. They get her in security and uh, they're going to come arrest Tony. Yes. And I, I, I found it hilarious. And this is another one of those times, like usually when people are in the house, Carm is doing, uh, she's doing okay. She's able to hold it together pretty well mm-hmm. for at least uh, for everybody's eyes. And I just, it was hilarious. Her, like our daughter graduates tomorrow. You can't persecute him like Wednesday or a few days. days. Can we put this off a little bit? That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, a very then- sitcom episode. Let's, Let's uh let's not talk about the, let's talk about the dreams and pussy less. So let's talk about everything else yeah. before we talk about that. Um, yeah, that's yes. what I want to do for sure. Uh, I like that. I like the ending where he uh, he's talking to uh, Davy and Davy's mm-hmm. like, oh, you can hey, why don't you come down to the ranch one day and ride some horses? Like he's this kind guy. of he just wants to you know he's a bit Tony of a immediately feels better about taking advantage of him. Oh in yeah, that moment. yeah. He's like, seriously, this guy was going to give his money away to anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, so the... <laughs> uh, you want to leave the, the sickness, or do you want to talk the sickness now? We can talk the sickness. The food poisoning. We can talk to that. Okay. That's an important part, yes. So it's a very, very important The food part. poisoning was the muscles, right? That's the uh, whole is that what we're of... led to believe? So I was reading I the book, it, I think... and I think that's the the food poisoning is another part of the kind of the deception of pussy, okay. where he's thinking it's the um, the Indian food. He's thinking it's the outsider, it's the outsider, but it's really the insider. It's really the muscles from Artie's restaurant. It's not the Indians. It's the Italians who are you know going to make him sick, make him toxic. And I guess the whole sickness represents there's a toxin in the the mob, and we need to release it. You know, think sure. about you that's know, releasing that's a way a deeper than I than I, than I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm I just assumed it was the Indian food. <laughs> no, yeah, that would be the racist thing to think. Well, because Tony, like even Tony, <laughs> thinks it's like he was call- he he wants it to be Artie. He's ri- about to rip Artie a new butthole for all this. Yeah. As Tony's already got his new butthole. Okay, so um, the throwing up was fine. Did we have to add the farts? Dude, the farts were hilarious. They were so funny and unnecessary. Hilarious. (laughs) They were like perfectly timed farts too. Like they're perfect fart machine farts. Like those were those were crafted in a lab. Yes, Um, those are great farts. Wonderful. Again, this is a comedy. This is a comedy. This is a slapstick yes, comedy. It is. Yeah. Uh, there's a, so many there's so many instances and just the way it went down. Uh because he he ends up let's see, I think this is where is this when he has no, he doesn't have sex with her here. He has sex no, with No, he wakes up in sex. the dream. This is the sex with Melfi dream. Yes. Um but yeah, okay, so um and then, and then the other part of this whole thing is, is Carmela going right back into caregiver, coming out of like her yeah. disdain for him and really taking care of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, this show is so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 
I have the he Ellen Sepawa actually wrote out each dream sequence in the okay, book. Okay, yeah, I, I, I can I read wanna, I want to hear it because I I only got like three of them written down. Okay, so he kind of wrote also that the dreams are sort of like it would be like someone telling you maybe a riddle. And then they explain it yeah. seven times. And the last time, they pretty much just tell you what it is. Yeah. So, like, each dream is, like, kind of gets more and more obvious as it goes on. Building upon yeah. the other. So, first dream. We see Tony meeting with guys on the boardwalk, plus Philly Parassi killed for being a blabbermouth, waiting for an unspec- unspecified they to show up. Tony tells them he's being diagnosed with terminal cancer. His life's in danger. By a doctor like Melfi, the psychiatrist who teaches him how to read, how to read himself like an open book mentioned in the Stone song playing at the Indian restaurant. Um, also, Melfi, you know, th- this him interpreting these dreams is sort of what he has gotten from Melfi as to how to interpret right. things. Right. Uh, Pussy is the only one who never speaks or makes eye contact with Tony. Rather than wait for the inevitable, Tony decides to douse himself in gasoline and get it over with. Before he accepts a lit Zippo from Polly, Tony asks, where's Pussy? Who, by this point, has disappeared from the dream. That's dream one. Mm-hmm. Also, there's like a weird squeaking going on as well. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of, like, uh, this is the episode. Like, the last one a little bit with the, the, the paint and the uh, machine gun mix-up. Yeah. But this one is really, really utilizing external sounds uh whether it be that or the creaking on the boardwalk um all all of these like visceral sounds and noises from the areas he's in are like i mean it really it surely piques your attention yeah dream two we see tony walking on the boardwalk again this time in front of a real life in front of a real life asbury park attraction called the temple of knowledge Although the name of the establishment is not visible on screen, Silvio glides into view like uh, as if via conveyor belt and tells Tony, walking in place as if on a treadmill, a variation of the same thing that he said in the season premiere, paraphrasing The Godfather Part 3, our true enemy mm-hmm. has yet to reveal himself. Also, no. this is the the happy Tony Soprano meme. <laughs> the, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, is the next one uh, him and Melfi? Uh, then comes a segment where Tony peers through sightseeing binoculars and sees himself okay. playing cards in an empty train station with Polly, whom he suddenly shoots dead. The black binocular frame around the image evokes the type of surveillance that Tony knows the FBI has been running uh, on his operation. The shooting has the sting of an out-of-nowhere betrayal. Though it's hard to say for sure that Tony playing cards in the train station is a stand-in for the traitor, traitorous pussy, a known quantity suddenly turning on a colleague, or for actual Tony, who may have, uh, who may have to kill a trusted member of his inner circle, could be both. Mm-hmm. Dream four: the next time we enter the dreamscape with Tony and Melfi and uh, with Tony and Melfi in therapy, we don't know it's a dream until we realize Melfi is acting strangely. Then we hear her voice coming out at the mouth of Annalisa from uh, the one where they go to Italy. Yep. She tells Tony he's the greatest threat to himself, a self-destructive force. Finally, Tony asks, you going to make me eat something now? Uh, I.e. force Tony to take in some tr- in something that he doesn't want. In this case, pussy, the truth about pussy. And Annalisa Melfi replies... 
if you keep this up. Dream five. Okay. Then we see Tony on the boardwalk in a tiny red car like a clown car with Adriana and Christopher. Pussy is supposed to be in the back seat. Furio, the new guy, replaces him as he would presumably replace Pussy in the organization. Dream six. Tony appears in Melfi's waiting room with puffy eyes, wild hair, a dirty tank top, and a, and a raging heart on. Melfi and yeah, <laughs> I'm that's so funny. glad you used the term raging. Well, it's in the book, you know. Well, I, that, that was the only I, that's the only thing I could think to disturb it as well, to describe it as well, because that raging. was a raging hard on. Yes, Melfi invites him in for a conversation that leads him to admit that he's got pussy on the brain. They discuss the two ways to interpret the word, followed by Tony fucking pussy slash pussy. This is the only dream in which Tony says he's he knows. He's having a dream. It's a lucid yep. dream, controlled to some degree. So when he when he fucks pussy, it's by choice. He also he's also in coitus or union with the one person who's done the most to help him understand his subconscious, Melfi, who could be interpreted as standing in for the same subconscious Tony and his subconscious have been playing. Will they or won't they? Since the pilot. And here they uh, consummate the relationship in a close-up of the dreaming Tony. He's smiling for the first time since he gave Carmella the fur coat. Dream 7. Right. Finally we arrive, and this is the famous one. Finally this is arri- the, the dead fish one. Right? Yes. Finally we arrive at the astonishing moment when Tony finds himself on, on the boardwalk confronted by a row of fish on ice. Uh, and one of them opens its mouth and speaks with Pussy's voice. The slumbering Tony probably knows what this all means even before the conversation begins because the symbolism of of the tableau is laden with so many gangland uh, associations. Pussy is a small fish being used by the FBI to land a bigger fish. And now that he's been marked as a traitor, he has to get iced and sleep with the fishes. But just in case Tony doesn't get it, his subconscious has the pussy fish tell him, you know, I've been working for the government, right, Tone? <laughs> this material surround the dream is pregnant with association too. The chain of dream sequences starts with Tony at a dinner, meeting with pussy and their partner in the phone card scheme, dining at the Indian res- uh, restaurant. He later thinks served him bad. Van Loon scored the opening section of the Rolling Stones through and through. This thing kicks off with the whole fish as big as the one that will show up on ice in the dream, being carried out of the kitchen by passing Tony en route to the table behind them. Then Tony and Pussy go to Vesuvio and have a second meal that includes mussels. Although Artibuco understandably uh, obfuscates to save face, it's clear that Tony and Pussy, who reports some mild diarrhea, got the food poisoning from the mussels, not the Indian joint. Okay, you got so me there. there. You go. uh, here, so here's another fun fact. It's yes. the same kind of fish that Tony hides the gun in, and I dream of uh, Gene yeah, Cusimano. I, I figured, I figured that same fish. It would be yeah. And they're back on a boat here in a second. So, uh, I loved, 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 loved the dream sequences, and especially the last one, because um, like I mean, like we were talking about earlier, not a ton of shows will utilize the information within a dream the way that they have. Uh, but yeah. just to have the fish like straight out tell him like be be pussy and just straight out like you you know this come on you know yeah you because know, yeah. it's his subconscious talking mm-hmm. to him 
So clearly he does know, whether it be subconsciously or consciously. He just doesn't want to admit it. Right. And, right. you know, and they go over to Pussy's house and he tries to find something that incriminates him and he does. And it's very dragged out uh, between that then and actually killing Pussy. Because they don't want to... So. What don't... is that? Like maybe somewhere between 15, 20 minutes before they it actually It was a while. Him? Yeah. It was a while. Because, you know, he's one of their best best friends, best guys, their brother, and they have to yeah. do what they have to do, you know? And you can tell, I mean, Silvio is, he's clearly struggling with it. Tony is struggling with it. Paulie's a crazy person, although yeah. he is the best. Because he, so he, so when, in fact, uh, when he, Tony went and, I don't know if he's actually talking to Melfi or if it was in the dream about killing Paulie in the, uh, in his dream, in his other dream, that was uh, he, not a dream. Because that was not a dream. That was He's after, and he was okay. Okay, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That was the dream. That was, that was the, dream. the dream. Yes. Okay. Okay. But um, the, the, there was another scene after where he's talking about his mom, and Melfi senses that there's something else going on, but he won't talk about killing pussy. Yeah. No. I. But the. I was just going to explain why. Okay. To, like Polly Walnuts is my favorite. And it's because he sends out Christmas letters every year with updates on all of his nieces and nephews. See, I don't know if that was just the dream though. I don't know if he would really do that. I don't know. Though. It sounded it like it sounded like a legitimate uh yeah. gripe from Tony that yeah, he's he's might be. about it. And that also sounds like something that Polly would do. Yeah. Uh, so I like it. I like Polly yeah. Walnuts. But he also was the only one that didn't really seem to have too many qualms about about taking out pussy either. Oh, well, he might have just been. He, he's very quiet, you know. Not saying I, he didn't. I'm not saying he didn't want like he wanted to do it. I'm just saying that he had an easier time with it than Tony and or Silvio. Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't have to leave the room. So <laughs> no, no, he didn't. No. Uh. So uh, yeah. Uh, Pussy, pussy is dead now. Pussy has died, and sleeping yes, with the fishes. Yes, he has. And that, I mean, mm-hmm. I liked, I liked the, the way it played out in, in the, in the boat. You know, I yeah. liked how like he goes downstairs trying to play music. We're gonna have a good time, and please sit down. Uh, yeah, please, please sit down. And then yeah. I like how he eventually comes clean and tries to explain it all away. Uh, Silvio going upstairs, Tony going upstairs, coming back down. And I mean, like from, from the minute pussy gets on that boat, he knows what's happening. Like, I knows. think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back and kind of confirms what we were saying in the previous episode about how he, I think he knows the jig is up that he just, he cannot do it any longer. So he either needs to get himself caught or he needs to get Tony caught or he just knows that he cannot do what he's been doing any longer. So I, I think he's mildly relieved and knows what's happening. Yeah. I do like how this show kind of was like, okay, it's going to be it's going to be sort of like similar to last season where it's Richie versus Tony and do you have Janice standing in for Livia and mm-hmm. but at the end it's some weird ass dream fucking David Lynch kind of episode where they slowly find out pussy's a traitor and kill him 
masterfully put together, man. Because yeah. they very easily could have done this entire episode without the dream sequences and oh, yeah. just had like Tony following the breadcrumb trail or, you know, just finally accepting out loud that uh, he knows that pussy left for a reason and came back with different intentions than he had when he was there. Um, they very easily could have done that and it probably still would have been pretty solid. But mm-hmm. this man... This is a this fucking is, masterpiece. This is why this, this is show great. is unique. You know, it, it's why it's still remembered because it doesn't. I think people want, you know, wanted it to be, or people expect it to be, just like Godfather or Goodfellas. But yeah, the show is not that. the The, the show is very, you know, Lynchian and it and it's weird and it takes weird directions. And I think that's what makes the show so great. Is it? Is totally it? Agree. It can. It can be funny. It can be weird. It can be um, a gangster movie. It can. It can be a family drama. It can be so many different things. Hmm. I yep. just it. it <laughs> there's a reason why this show uh, has held up for as long as it has, and it's just it's great. The writing's mm-hmm. great. The storyboarding's great. The acting is fantastic. Uh, the story, just the story alone, like just the the concept of the of the of the show in general is great. I just this last episode, man, it's something else. Like that is that that's a I I very much enjoyed it, and I I I have a hard time thinking of other season finales to other shows that really approach it and like really give it a serious run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this was just wonderfully put together and, and I just can, like, about yeah. a perfect piece of media yeah i agree with you and uh, uh there are you know it's it kind of it's up there with maybe um maybe some episodes of lost uh mm-hmm. it's definitely up there maybe with breaking uh, bad um the episode of the leftovers where he uh goes in the coma and he has to sing "Homeward Bound" to get out of the co- like out of out of being dead. Like that's one of my favorite watch episodes of the TV. You really do, man. I think you would like. I it. I know I'd love it, and I haven't not started it for any reason in particular. I, I, I in fact, I I've think this the second time. season is better than the first season. I think first there's season only like is, four seasons. Of there's three two, seasons. Right? Three seasons. Three. See, that's yeah. in what ten episodes on HBO. Yeah, about so. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's quick. I really should that's watch quick. it. I, and I, I got a lot of time. I, I, What's what's the girl's name? Katie or Kitty? Katie? Oh what? oh um um ooh no ah uh, jeez yeah it's gonna bother Nora, me. Nora is it? It's not Nora, I don't think. No, I know who you're talking about. I like her a lot. Um, Carrie Coons. Carrie Coon, yeah, she's great. Yep. She's great. She yeah, she's fantastic. Great. She's awesome, and yeah. yeah, she's great in it. Uh, it is very. It's it, it gets losty at times, uh, which is good. Like that thing I just told you, I probably that was probably a spoiler, and I probably <laughs> you probably should just oh, get, by the time I watch it, I'll forget about it anyway. Okay, um, it's it gets it gets weird at times. It doesn't always get weird, in, but it gets weird at times. Yeah, it, it's it's very good. It's very good. It's Damon Lindelof. That's why I even mention it. Oh, that's right. Lost. Yeah, yeah. And I, I knew he yeah. was. He is he the producer of it? Uh, co-creator. I guess it co-creator? was a book. Okay. Yeah, I guess it was a book. In the first season, 
uh, is the book, and the second okay. and third season are not the book. Like they cool. kind of like gonna went off. It. I'm gonna, I will start that within the next couple weeks. How about that? Awesome. Yeah, that sounds good, man. You know what? And it. I mean, we are in a pandemic right now, so it's a little. Not as, but just sort of like how everyone can be touched by something that happens, you mm-hmm. know, even maybe uh, maybe even if they're, if they're not directly affected, they're still kind sure. of affected. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like, you know, you're always going to know somebody who was maybe more affected than others. Right. Um, also, kind of the interesting thing, like how one event... Um, I, I And I know, I listened to uh, Dragon Brag talk about it, and they're kind of just talking about, like, you know, people die every day, but not all at once, you know? It's right. that sudden thing of, like, all these people just died all at once, and what does that do? Right, to, I think, you know, uh, like you said, we are uniquely suited to be taking in that type of a show right now. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's, it can get depressing because I think also Lost is a show that has the message everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. This is the antithesis of that. This is nothing. Nothing means for a it, everything means nothing. Right. Exactly. So now I would love can, this show. This show sounds like it has my whole it. my whole you, thing. <laughs> you would be into it. It is the antithesis of Lost. I think as far as theme. Yes. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm in. Well. Thank you for listening to this Sopranos podcast, not Leftovers podcast, but <laughs> Sopranos. Uh, we'll start season three next week. All right. Yeah. And uh, like I said, so we'll do, you want to do what we did this week and do kind of a twofer? Yeah, I'm down for that. Twofer. Okay. okay. Let's do, let's do, uh, let's plan everybody watch the first, well, we got to do scrubs next week. So let's do this next week. Everybody watch the first three episodes of season three. Mm-hmm. And we'll get that out around Wednesday, midweekish. And okay. then on that episode, I'll tweet it out as well. I'll give everybody their homework for Scrubs, and we'll uh, try and knock something out next weekend and get you a nice bonus Scrubs episode. Okay. All right. That sounds good. All right. All right. Wonderful. I'm Trey Mitchell. You can find me at Cray Trey Vids on Twitter. That's Travis Mejia. Where can they find you? At TravisM1310 on Twitter. Awesome. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.